happy day. Welcome back, you guys, to AG University. It is, I was going to say happy Wednesday, but you could be listening to this anywhere, anytime, anyplace. I do release episodes every single Wednesday, so I am so excited you're here. Dare I say, this conversation might change your life. I just said it. I said it. I think every episode I put out is awesome, but this one was so expansive because I love connecting energy with some data, a little research. You know, I always say it's it's okay to have a healthy dose of skepticism. So I brought in the professionals. I have Dr. Shannon Ritchie and Dr. Peyton Busker, and they are two doctors of physical therapy. And we actually originally connected over my just kind of brief little flirtations of a conversation over cycle syncing. And Dr. Peyton reached out. She connected me with Dr. Shannon, who is the founder and creator of Evlo, but they definitely work together as a team to bring this platform to life. And it is, wow, I learned so much about the body, hormones, cortisol, cycle syncing, movement. I mean, this is action packed. If you love, you know, some health science, this is just very, very tangible and applicable to our everyday life. So both of them had experience as physical therapists and fitness trainers, and they integrated that research with their experience as trainers. And we have a little splash of mindfulness and meditation practice, all my favorite things. Married, had a baby, and Evlo Fitness is their platform. Now, literally, I loved talking to them so much. I swear by the end of the conversation, we all decided we were going to plan a girl's trip to Austin together. <laughs> like It was our first time really connecting over Zoom, but um, we had all been following each other and staying in touch up until this call. But fell in love with them spontaneously at the end. Dr. Shannon offers you guys one month free trial. So stay for this whole conversation. It is powerful. It is important. It is beautiful. It is inspiring. Like I said, dare I say, it may just change your life. So without further ado, Dr. Shannon and Dr. Peyton, thank you so much from everyone at AGU. I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to pass you the ball and tell us a little bit about your backstory, how you created this beautiful business, how you guys came to be working together. Just tell us everything. Give us a little background. Yeah. Well, I'll start. Um, My name is Shannon and I started Evolve Fitness out of a clear need for women, not just women, men too, to exercise in ways that were going to be effective without breaking them down. I come from a history of over-exercising, under-eating, punishing my body, um, hitting the gym as hard as possible the day after I've had like an indulgent meal or drank too much or whatever it was, and developed a history of chronic pain horrible um, other side effects like mental fog, constantly fatigued and tired. I started developing night terrors. It, mm. so it really wasn't just affecting my physical body. It was affecting my whole system. And I finally had kind of an awakening when I moved cities and got out of my routine for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better when I'm not exercising, when I'm not punishing my body. Shouldn't exercise make you feel better? I thought there was just something wrong with me this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized like, okay, maybe we can take a step back and figure out a way to exercise in ways that not only are going to be effective and move the needle because, you know, aesthetics and muscle and all of that is important, right? Like right. you want to like look good and feel good and be strong, mm-hmm. but not at the cost of 
our health, our overall health and how we feel. So I developed Evlo um, as a, from my background as a physical therapist, and then also from um, researching more about biomechanics. And we kind of merged together different worlds of like fitness and my experience as a PT into um, one program that hopefully helps build people up without tearing them down. That's our whole motto. Um, and then Peyton found me when I was like about a year into my journey and she has a little bit of a different story, but, um, she has been a crucial part of growing this business and she's offered like a different lens, but she's also a physical therapist. So we kind of are like partners in crime on this. Um, and yeah, I, P comes from a different lens. So I don't know P if you want to talk about yours. Yeah. Mine it's, it's really interesting because Shannon and I have such similar backgrounds, but also such different backgrounds in different ways. So similarly, I started teaching Pilates in college. She started teaching yoga and many other things in college. So we had this desire for movement and all the things, and then both went to physical therapy school um, and you know started our careers after that. But different than Shannon, I don't come from a history of over-exercising. I've I've always had, and I feel very blessed by this, a very positive relationship with my body, with movement, with food, and a lot of it based on how I was raised. And and so my issue was always consistency. Mm-hmm. Mine was always, I would bebop around to every different program, you know, and have a lot of fun doing different things. But then I, you know, would just stop doing it and start doing something else, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it was almost like I was just spinning my wheels in a bunch of different directions and had to keep like, quote unquote, getting on the wagon, which didn't feel good for my body either. Right. Um, And so in the summer of 2020, I went just kind of right after Shannon started Evlo. I found her on Heather McMahon's stories on Instagram. I'm obsessed with Heather McMahon. We love Heather. So I I see her and she's like, look at my physical therapist. She's hot. And so, and like, you know, in Heather's own way. And so I clicked on her <laughs> profile and she, Shannon, I think you only had like 5,000 followers at that time. But what she was saying, she was explaining kind of what was going on with Heather and like explaining different things and our methods really aligned in terms of the type of PT I was doing at the time. And then what Shannon was bringing to the world with Evlo. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just reached out on a whim to Shannon and I was like, I have been looking for something to do myself. And also that I felt comfortable with my patients doing once they left me. So I knew they wouldn't be just jumping into something that was going to completely tear them down and bring them back to me in three Mm -hmm. months. That's, you know, kind of counterproductive to the whole deal. And so from there, our relationship blossomed and I, we kind of, you talked about manifestation earlier, obviously. So it's kind of, I kind of manifested getting, making this a job essentially for myself. So that was kind of our meeting. Yes. And congratulations. You just celebrated one year, correct? Oh, coming up. Yes. Very soon. Uh (gasps) So exciting. I know I love, well, obviously the pandemic was a difficult time, but it was also, I feel a really beautiful invitation for us to look at areas of our life and restructure a bit. Like you said, go out and start this business, start 
honestly, like a new perspective, a new system with movement. And I feel that it really, that space, that 2020 space was kind of just like breaking down of old patterns of thinking and rebuilding a new. And I know that everyone here at AG University is on this journey. And I also kind of say maybe personally where I am, I am at, because I think a lot of people are, maybe I'm a little bit ahead or they're kind of right here with me of just getting to the place of, Okay, first it was like the overworking out, struggling, and then there was kind of, okay, relaxing into, I don't have to do that. We're not going to hate ourselves. We're going to be nice and meditating. And, you know, there's phases. And then, then I am now in the phase of, like you said, Peyton, of wanting that structure and consistency a bit. Like I kind of had to step away from it altogether just for a little bit to be like, you know what? We're just going to basically erase our minds from everything that society told us. And we're just Mm going to sit with our body and just heal for a little bit. And I had the same thing as you, Shannon, where I moved to a new city and I, I really had even more of an awakening. Like I was already there, but I wasn't, there was no discipline. And I've done a whole episode of how I've kind of restructured my relationship to discipline being like, I am dedicated to loving myself, not punishing. That's my discipline. I move because... I love myself, not because I punish myself. So if you guys haven't heard my discipline episode, go check it out there. So anyways, um, so I would love to talk about that because that's where I am right now. And kind of both of what you guys said, bringing in that consistency piece is where I am working towards coming from someone with a recovering mindset. Um, just, yeah. How do you, how do you kind of lead people there or structure that? Or what, what did that look like even in your journey? Well, first off, I think that it's crucial exactly what you're going. I think Peyton and I have talked about this many times in different content pieces, but there's kind of different seasons of life that you're in and you have to fit your workouts according to whatever season of life you're in. So if you're coming from a season of over-exercising, under-eating, punishing mindset, I recommend doing exactly what you're doing, AG, is like take a step back. Let's not worry about the aesthetics for a little while. Let's just heal our bodies. Let's Mm -hmm. just let our bodies kind of like chill out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) decrease inflammation a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, rewire our associations to food and exercise. And then we can come back in and actually make aesthetic changes that we want. So that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I'm kind of on the other side of it now, but Mm -hmm. after I went through my journey of like chronic pain, I took a good solid year, two years to... Like I wasn't focused on like under eating. I was eating plenty of food. I felt so much better. I wasn't like pushing myself by doing a bunch of workouts and like worried about burning calories. I wasn't worried about any of that. And then this year or 2022, my goal was to really improve my muscle mass. And I ended up changing my body composition um, by dialing my nutrition a little bit more and paying a little bit more attention to that. But I don't think that I would have been ready for that had I just come from a history of overeating, overexercising straight into these aesthetic goals that I had. Um, because I think I would have jumped right into over-restricting, punishing myself, yo-yoing. I wouldn't have been able to stay consistent. If I had a crappy workout, I would have added another workout to make up for it, quote unquote. So I do think that having that season of healing is crucial. Um, so 
first off, if you're coming from overexercise, feeling like you're need, needing to punish yourself, allowing yourself some space, it might not have to be two years like mine was. It could be shorter than that. It could just be a month or so to like, let's just move in ways that feel good. Like let myself eat, whatever. Um, and then as far as transitioning from that state of healing into more structure, we always say that the secret truly the secret is gentle consistency. Mm, and I love that. Mm-hmm. What we say that all the time. And this is because if you frame your workouts, like they have to look a certain way or feel a certain way and they have to be grueling and they have to be all out intense and you have to burn 500 calories or else it's not worth it. You're inevitably going to have days where you step on your mat and you're like, oh my gosh, I did not sleep well last night. I feel like ass. Maybe you're in a different part of your cycle and you're hormonally not able to give 110%. You're going to show up on your mat and you're just going to beat yourself up and it's going to feel defeating. And eventually once you get reps like that, where you're constantly beating yourself up physically and mentally, and you're defeating yourself and you're pulling yourself down, that's not a routine you're going to stay consistent with. So we always say that gentle consistency is truly what will move you forward when you show up on your mat and you give yourself this space to be imperfect and to be like, okay, I'm going to do this workout today. Maybe I'm just going to do one hard set. I'm going to do what I can. And then I'm going to skip to the cool down. Or maybe instead of doing this workout, I'm super sore today and I'm exhausted. I'm just going to take a recovery day. It's okay. Or maybe I'm going to take a few recovery days in a row. It's okay. I'm going to come back to it. And giving yourself that space, that's what I've done the last three years, is going to be so much more effective than thinking that every workout needs to be all out and grueling and have these like unrealistic goals. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Gentle consistency. I'm going to, I'm going to say that every single day. And and I think that when I first started in my mind, just coming up with, you know, gravitating towards intuitive movement, right? Just for me, it was, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym every day because my partner, Austin, you guys know him. Um, he was a football coach, so he's pretty intense. <laughs> and so he, you know, he, his workouts are like strong. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, we go to the gym together every day. We don't work out together, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym with him because he's disciplined. But my discipline piece is that I'm at the gym every single day for 30 or 45 minutes. And if that's me stretching, breathing, if that's me running, if that's me doing cartwheels down the center of the gym, don't care what it looks like. You know, I just said, I will be there. I will be there. I'll yeah. swing my arms around. I'll look crazy. I don't even care. You know, like I, that was my practice for like the first few months we moved here. Cause I was still in Nashville doing a lot of hit classes and things. I hadn't heard about cycle syncing, which we're going to get into. And so I do feel like there was times where it just felt really forced and, you know, maybe it was just out of alignment with where, what my body was needing. So when yeah. I came to Florida, I was like, oh, I have a completely fresh slate. Like I'm, I don't, I'm just going to rebuild how my relationship looks. Cause I lived in Nashville, you know, for four years, I still had my, you know, like you said, your routine things that you just feel comfortable friends here, you know, whatever going the same places, even though maybe it wasn't ultimately what my body was needing. So gentle consistency. I kind of think I was doing something similar to that. Just saying, okay, my discipline piece is that 30 minutes a day, no matter what we will move. And however it looks is however it looks. (laughs) I love that. And then you can get more structured from there. Once you're in the habit of just going, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to be more structured in my week. And we, that's that's something that's really important to us at Avlo is structure. Because if you're just doing random things, you can't really expect to see change in your body. Um, So like, once you're in the habit of like, okay, I'm showing up, I'm going to play this class. I'm going to work these muscles and then I'm going to be done. 
Um, I think sometimes for a lot of people, just that getting there and forming the habit is like the biggest piece. Right. And then from there, you're like, okay, we can take it a little bit further. I guess, um, tell us or explain to us what, what does structure look like for you guys at Evlo Fitness? Yeah. So we have our primary tracks that we offer for people are three time a week tracks, four time a week or five time a week, meaning you're going to do structured strength workouts on three, four or five time a week five times a week, depending on what your schedule looks like. So for me, I both teach on and follow the three time a week track. And so what that looks like is it's three longer classes that are all like 50 to 60 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you've got more time that you like to be, you know, I like to be at the gym or on my mat for an hour at a time, but I like to do it less frequently throughout the week. That's a great option. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the four and five time a week where all the majority of the classes are between 30 and 35 minutes and then just one longer class on Fridays. So if you're someone, and that's what Shannon teaches on. So if you're someone who likes to show up frequently, so you like that more consistent days where you're doing something that's really structured throughout your week, but that you have a better capacity for that shorter workout and it feels better on your system, then those are great options for you. So we think it's important to offer those options for people because everyone's bodies and everyone's ability to recover is really different. Mm -hmm. And it might take time playing around with what works best for your body and how you feel. Like, do you need more recovery days? You'll go the three time a week route because you've got two baked in recovery days in the middle of the week, as well as on your weekend. Um, And then that's something that consistent too with all of our tracks that we offer we we highly highly recommend two full recovery days a week and we personally take them on Saturdays and Sundays and meaning you can do something that feels we encourage movement like walks Shannon and I are both big into just easy gentle walks outside nothing crazy but if you like you know you're in Florida like jumping in the ocean or you know doing whatever those mm-hmm. are days that you get to kind of really play um, but they're built in as stepping away from strength training to give your muscles that time, and that space, as well as your whole system. Um, so having those, those tracks and the, and we organize them each week, um, based on muscle group to make sure that the muscles are getting enough stimulus, but not too much to overwhelm both your system and the muscles themselves. Beautiful. Well, okay. I have two questions. So for our listeners, how do they know their body is fully recovered? Like how can we tell if we're overworking out versus, you know, we need more recovery time? Like how how do we know to navigate that? It's such a, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. You can do it more subjectively or you can do it more objectively. Um, I recommend the subjective way first, because I think that it allows you to pay attention to your body, which I think is a crucial skill that we are not taught mm-hmm. and we Amen, need to sister. harness that. Yeah. We need to practice it and harness it. So I think exercise can be such a good way for you to learn yourself, mm-hmm. um, a good tool. So one of the, the some of the subjective things that you want to look for are, do your bot, does your body feel overly sore all the time? We've pinned soreness as a good thing. And soreness isn't bad, but if you are constantly sore all over your body all the time, you're probably not recovering properly. Um, So that's an indication that you might be doing too much. Another indication is constant fatigue. Do you feel like you got hit by a truck like mid-afternoon and you're like, I, because that's what, how I used to be when I was over exercising, I would have to take a nap every day. It was Mm. non-negotiable. Like literally Mm. I would have to schedule in my work schedule an hour where I could go take a nap for 20 minutes because I felt 
like I got hit by a truck. Mm. That's a sign that you're not recovering and that you're overdoing it. Um, you can have, it can start to lead to mood issues. If you feel like you're getting mood swings, um, if you're, uh, hormonal issues, sometimes it can affect your menstrual cycle, um, decrease your menstrual cycle or affect it in some way. So those are things to kind of look for to show that like, okay, you're, you're actually doing too much and you're not recovering, which is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So many people think like, I need to exercise more. I'm doing so much. Look how fit I am. I'm working out for an hour every single day, really, really hard every single day. It's actually not productive to work out super hard to the point where you're not recovering because your body heals in the recovery. The workout is the tear down. Where you recover and where you uh, where you benefit is actually from the spaces in between your workouts. So if you're not giving yourself enough space and time sleep, nutrition, all of those things in between your workouts, you're not actually benefiting. So you're kind of just like spinning your wheels, not moving forward. So it's actually, a lot of times people will see better results when they dial it back a little bit. 100%. The recovery phase, I feel like just doesn't get enough, doesn't get enough love. Everybody's just always like, go, 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 go. And I'm so like, well, also I I can't believe I haven't asked you guys sooner. Do you know your human designs? We do. Okay. Tell me, tell us. We're, we're both projectors. Ah, <gasps> oh, knew you were as my people. <laughs> I know. And my husband is a manifesting generator. Oh, we, we, we love that engine on the husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it works out very well, but we're, we're different types of projectors though. So it works, it works well. That is so great. So cool. Well, and, and I feel that it's like you guys said, the projector sees the vision for a new system. So this, this, this method of working out is our new system. So you guys are like totally in alignment. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, but yeah, cause when you're saying like, I need to take a nap every day, like I, I'm, I'm similar that when I can tell I've been over exercising or I was always someone that would be like, I need to get up first thing in the morning and go work out. And then I just felt like crap in the afternoon, you know? So like yes. today I just did an 11 AM Pilates reformer class. And I, when I was leaving, I could like feel all the endorphins. Like I was like sending voice most of my friends, just like being all chatty. And I was like, Ooh, he, he endorphins. And I was like, hey, I'm in my follicular phase, new energy. Yay. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think that you know, always I'm like, sorry, I, I've got to bring on some generators and some other people on here. Cause I, I tend to, it's just been a lot of projectors and I know listeners are manifesting generators and generators and all the things, but um, I always encourage people to at least peep into their human design chart because it does really help with our energy flow. Cause for you guys as projectors, you don't want to wake up in the morning and just gas your engine. And then you're, you're on empty the rest of the day, you know, like yes, people right. don't realize sometimes that's what the workout is, is doing. And, and on top of the fact that we're women and our, you know, our, the phase of our body is completely different than, than the male, obviously, as, as we know. Yes. So it's like, we're not all yes. meant to just be doing hit training all day, every day. So, um, no. yeah, Peyton, everyone is, everyone's really into the cycle syncing workouts. I haven't talked about it yet on AGU, yeah. but I, um, I personally have been on a, a hormone journey on top of just a lot of 2022 was just a journey, a moving journey, a healing journey, a hormone journey. I um got my IUD removed. And so I was just getting back into just being in a really good place with like hormone balance and um, cycle syncing was my um, uh, acupuncturist was telling me about. So tell us all about it. Take it away. Yes. So for those who aren't familiar with cycle syncing, 
it's the idea of pairing different workouts and food at different with different portions of your cycle. I can't speak a whole lot to the food element of it because neither of us, me or Shannon, are trained in nutrition. So we really try and stay in our lane when it comes to that. Um, but from the workout perspective, we can definitely dive into. Yes, tell us um, everything. Yeah. So how what was interesting is I kind of I would say maybe over the last six months, Shannon can correct me if I'm wrong. I was just noticing it more and more on social media. Obviously, it's been trending a lot more. And I was having like different feelings about it. And I was, you know, tried to dive into it a little bit more. And I had like a little bit of resistance to it in a way. And I was like, okay, what I tried to dive into, what is making me feel resistance? So I kind of did a little deep dive and how it's traditionally presented on social media. What you see a lot is it broken up into the four different phases of your cycle and how that goes. And, you know, it's it's usually presented for the average 28 day cycle. Not everyone is not on that same cycle, obviously, but um, your first phase is your menstrual phase. So that's when you're actually bleeding. And that typically lasts for your one days, one through seven. And how it's typically presented on social media is that that's a good time to do things like gentle yoga and walking and stretching and mat Pilates. And then you get to your second phase, which is your your follicular phase, which you just said you're in. So that's like happy times, good times. It's days five through 14 typically. And then how it's shown on social media is typically like, okay, this is the time where you want to do weight training, heavier things, Pilates sculpt classes, things like that. And then next you get to your ovulatory phase, which is your shortest little phase. And that's when you're actually ovulating you know, egg with the egg. And that happens usually between days 12 through 15. And on social media, that's presented as a time of like, give it all you got, do the hit training, do the, you know, the kickboxing, do um, the like higher intensity things. And then your last phase is your luteal phase days uh, 14 through 28. And then this is typically presented as you need to calm it back down, go back to more Pilates, yoga, things, body weight training, things like that. So that's how it's typically presented. And I think one of the reasons that people are responding so well to it, or it has had such an influx of you know interest and in success with a lot of women is because it is taking them out of what you mentioned earlier, Anna Grace, the like constant hit, the constant you know moderate intensity classes that are an hour long, hour long, five to seven days a week. Some people, so that in and of itself is really hard on our hormones and specifically keeps us in this really high elevated state um, of, of cortisol where our that stress hormone, which cortisol is not necessarily a bad thing that it's a hormone that's naturally going to be released whenever we exercise, but it can become problematic if we stay in that heightened level all the time, which if we're doing, you know, more hit style classes, longer form classes, five to seven days a week, you're never, you're not able to come back down from that. So I think one of the big things is, and one of the big positives of the traditional way of cycle thinking that we're seeing it today is that it's removing people out of that habit. I think in and of itself, that is like doing wonders for people and, and it's giving them space to recover, to heal and, and decrease inflammation. And maybe even just seeing 
you know, quote unquote results just from that alone. Right. So that's, that's one of the things. So has it, a, I love how you said I had a little bit of resistance there. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe the information has been presented to specifically like, or what was, I guess I'm curious more about your resistance. Yeah. I think for me, I'm not a natural skeptic. I'm definitely like a, oh, that sounds really great. I'm going to hop on it. But it was with this specifically that resistance kind of perked up in me. And I I like really try and hone in and listen to myself when I get these little pains. Like, okay, what is it about it? So I did more of the research from the the scientific point of view. Um, and a lot of the like specific research comes from a researcher named uh, Dr. Stacey Sims. And she's an exercise physiologist and has done a lot of research on women specifically, which if you're familiar with women research, there's not a ton. Um, it's so it's like a very under-researched topic, but it has like these very specific things that are being talked about. So mm-hmm. I went to Dr. Sims work and kind of did some more digging into what's actually happening on a hormonal level and, and seeing like, okay, do these things line up? Mm-hmm. And what was interesting that in her work, it really, it differs pretty significantly from what's being presented. So um, one of the kind of reasonings behind why the the typical way is being presented as, oh, during your menstrual phase, your home, your hormones drop down. So you need to relax and, and kind of do the yoga and all the things. And then during your ovulation, that's when your hormones spike. So you can go for it. What's interesting though, is that when our hormones drop out during that menstrual cycle itself, it's actually when we're most physiologically like males. So with that, we're able Mm. to potentially recover a little bit better from our exercises than during other phases in our cycle. So it's kind of this, it it seems really counterintuitive in a way because we're conditioned a lot of our lives like, oh, you're on your period, you need to relax and, and just take it easy. It's this hard time. But what's interesting is it's that phase right before that luteal phase, right before our period, when our estrogen and progesterone specifically are rising, that we we actually need to maybe dial it back. Um, so that phase with those hormones, they are both catabolic hormones, which are hormones that break tissue down just as exercise does. So we have a decreased ability to recover from our exercises during that phase when those hormones are elevated. However, during our menstrual phase, when they drop down, we actually might be able to recover a little bit better because they're not as present. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, oh, I'm fascinated. I love, I love the science behind it because intuitively when I saw this information initially being presented to me, I'm like, of course, that makes so much sense that we are at different phases, you know, because, you know, the, the, the male hormone cycle is what the 24 hour window versus the women's is 28 days. It's like, of course we should be doing something specifically for each phase. Now I'm still gathering information too. Like this is the first time I've touched it on the podcast. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm still learning. I'm still trying it out. But I think just taking that mindset piece of like, okay, I don't have to go balls to the wall, 28 days out of, out of the cycle, but let's just switch it up and, and just invite. It kind of gives you the invitation or permission even to try some new things. And, and kind of like you guys said, even like a little bit of that muscle confusion, just not doing the same thing every single day can even be really helpful for people. Um, so you're kind of 
uh, leaning towards the luteal phase might be a bit more of the slowing down versus the menstruation phase where people say, or the menstrual phase, yeah. <laughs> is it menstruation? <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Same thing. That's a time where you actually maybe recover. So what, what is a, what is a workout that you guys recommend? Maybe if you are on your period versus yeah. the luteal phase, just curious. Yeah. How we typically say to do it is, and what we are very, very into is assessing yourself every single day. Mm, so, I love that. Okay. Yeah, we're, we are very much, we always start class, every single class, no matter what type of class we are teaching, it always starts with breath work, no matter what. Your oh, eyes yeah. are closed, you're breathing. So that you can take that time to assess how your body is feeling. Because although there are these, you know, technically what is happening on a physiological level, um, it, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to feel good just because we're saying, oh, you actually can recover better during this phase. Well, you might wake up during that specific phase and feel like complete you know, ass. And you're like, okay, well, the science is telling me I need to be doing this during this phase. So that means that that's what I need to be doing. And I'm just going to power through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas we really, really recommend taking more of a day by day and class by class approach. And what was interesting is that I think that people will naturally begin to cycle sync with their own cycles when they take that approach. So we really like the idea. Again, I love the idea with cycle syncing, how it's being presented as a way for people to get more in tune with their bodies. That is mm-hmm. all like one of our number one tenets of what we recommend. However, with changing, with varying your, your programming and what you're doing that much, the way that it's presented now, it can, it's not going to necessarily lead to specific muscle gain, which is one of the most important things that we can do to support our hormone health. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's one of the things where I think the main resistance when they've like boiled it all down kind of came in was, mm-hmm. okay, if you're stepping away from doing some type of specific work to load your muscles at half of your cycle, you're going to have a lot of trouble progressing in terms of muscle growth. And that's not even from an aesthetic side, like taking aesthetics out of it because aesthetics are not everyone's goal. And that is completely fine. But from a hormone perspective and from an overall health perspective, we as women, especially, and anyone lose muscle as we age. So it's really, really important that we focus on building that muscle to support our bodies throughout the rest of our bodies so that we can be really functional and especially on a hormone level so we can become more um, sensitive to insulin and not resistant to insulin, which is a hormone that affects every single cell in our bodies. So it, when you remove that specific type of training throughout out of your programming for over half of your cycle, it's not going to move you forward with something that could potentially even be even better for your hormones than the like traditional cycle syncing that we're seeing today. Okay. I'm, I'm with you now. Okay. I like that. So it's like, we want to be aware of the cycle where we're at and, and, you know, assessing ourselves, which I, I want to go back to the self-assessment because I love that practice. Um, but we still want to have a little bit of that consistency and structure with 
with weight tra- or, you know, like you said, building lean muscle mass. Cause I know for me, it's like, I want to feel strong. I want to feel, I know that for a while there was the trend, you know, there's always something on TikTok. It, it, every day it's something new, <laughs> um, the, but the trend of like the pelvic floor training. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That one. Okay. But well, that one really tripped me up because I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy breezy. And then I was like, whoa, I yeah. am really weak there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is an invitation for me to, to really think, oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't used those muscles ever. Yeah. That's something new. So I see how, you know, we need that consistency to, to build different parts of our bodies, especially as females and just for our literal hormone health and like the anti, you know, just anti-inflammation. There's so many things too. I, I also want to, you touched on cortisol and that's something that people always talk about. Mm-hmm. And I never, I, I'm like with it. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to raise your cortisol, but could you touch on that a little bit too? And I don't know who who feels called to speak on cortisol, but I'm intrigued. So cortisol is a stress hormone and everyone thinks that it's bad and, or like it's gotten like a bad reputation but no hormone is bad. It's just that we want hormones to operate in the amount that they should operate. And if your hormones are out of quote unquote balance, or if one is like, you know, chronically higher than it should be, it can affect how you feel. It can affect the, your internal processes and thus can lead to side effects that you don't want. Sometimes, a lot of times with um, high cortisol, it'll lead to weight loss resistance. So it'll lead to weight gain and and an inability to lose weight or challenge to lose weight. And when you have too high of cortisol, um, it can start to affect your weight loss ability. Um, And this has to do a little bit with like insulin that Peyton touched on earlier. When cortisol is high, so is insulin. And when insulin is high, your body does not use your fat stores as energy. It uses the sugar in your blood and it makes you hungrier all the time. It makes you want to eat more so that you can replenish that blood sugar. So if we are always stressing out our bodies with high amounts of exercise, high amounts of intense exercise, not enough recovery. And then layering that on top of a lifestyle that's stressful. Let's say we have a stressful job or not sleeping well. Um, If you're under eating, that can be a stress on your body. If you relationships are out of whack, whatever's going on, we're layering a lot of intense exercise on top of already stressful lives that cortisol can become elevated and affect um, our bodies from a physiological level affecting that insulin um, sensitivity. So decrease your insulin sensitivity, which like Peyton said, insulin affects every single cell in your body. So talk about hormone balance. Insulin is a very important hormone to have quote unquote balanced. So um, that's kind of how cortisol can affect our bodies from a really high level. And so this is why it's so important that like, I I see this a lot really high stress type A women that are already really stressed out and maybe lean towards that higher cortisol level without even adding exercise in, a lot of times those are the women that are over exercising Mm -hmm. because those are the women that are leaning on exercise to kind of be quote unquote their therapy or their release, which I think is beautiful. But I also think that that can get you into a whole, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the line when you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't have anything left. Like I'm completely depleted. I'm starting to see weight loss resistance, all of these things. So, and not that it's all about weight gain or, or losing weight, but it, it is an effect. It is a side effect that a lot of people, you know, don't want. 
Well, um, and it can be really yeah. frustrating and kind of discouraging too. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm doing all these things. I'm spinning my wheels. And at the, ultimately we all just want to feel good. Look good, feel good. That's what it's about. So, so it's some level, even if there is that weight, you know, gain resistance or weight loss resistance. I mean, it's, it's still frustrating because you're like, why am I working out all the time and then gaining weight? Like, yes. <laughs> that's yes. not any fun. That's so this is where like, this is where the structure comes in. That's important. And this is kind of coming back to the cycle syncing thing. How, like, if you're just doing kind of random workouts throughout your whole cycle and you're not focused on building muscle, building muscles is hard, especially as women, it takes a lot of structure and intention. doesn't mean that you need to like give 110% every single day, every single workout, gentle consistency can still move the needle. But this is why just like, weight training for one week and then doing yoga the next week and then hit the next week might not actually be the most optimal thing to quote unquote balance your hormones. Mm. Because when we have more muscle mass, we have better insulin sensitivity. When we have better insulin sensitivity, all the other hormones in our, in our body can, can benefit. So that's why it's like you can, and you can still cycle sync by the way, while you're still trying to gain muscle. Um, Peyton and I have kind of talked about that on a podcast that we did together, um, which I think is important for people to know because it's like, oh, well, cycle syncing felt really good. Like I want to still do that, but can I do that and build muscle? And the answer is yes. Mm, Um, tell us. So you can, yeah. Peyton, do you want to describe? Yeah. So how we would typically recommend it is that during that luteal phase that we talked a lot about where you are that phase right before you're, you're on your period. So kind of more of that think PMS type phase, um, <laughs> where things feel really tough. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it, it gets scary over here sometimes. You're in good company. Um, so, 100%. Yeah. Me last week, I was like bawling. I was like, I can't yeah. do anything. And then, then, uh-huh. then you start your period the next day and you feel great. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh thanks God. Yeah. No, sometimes I'm like, who was that? Who was I yesterday? Who was that? She was so dramatic. I'm so Actually, sorry. Everyone, I'm scary. sorry. <laughs> exactly. So during that scary phase, we recommend <laughs> either... Um, still coming, showing up to your mat, doing your strength training, but maybe that's a week that you're not thinking about, Oh, I'm going to progress my weights or go up in resistance. Or maybe it's even what's considered maybe a deload week where you're decreasing your weight a little bit. So you're still going through the repetition, still going through the the motions of the classes or of whatever workout program you're following for strength. And, but you're not necessarily trying to hit your PRs that day or you're yeah, trying to just like go blaze ahead. It's being more aware. And when you have that awareness of your cycle, you can be like, oh, it makes sense that, okay, maybe I don't want to get as much muscle damage through my workout this week because I have a decreased ability to recover during this week. And overall, I'm just feeling kind of gross. So doing enough to where you're still stimulating the muscle, but not too much to where you're then just overwhelming yourself in general can be a great way to practice that cycle thinking within that specific phase of your cycle. Um, as well as that might be a week, we've got mini classes that are all less than 20 minutes. And we always structure a week of minis each week as well. That might be a week where you take minis for the entire week where you're going 20 minutes or less. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I love this like hybrid approach yes. because that's what it like, is. Yeah. Yeah. A little hybrid. It's like, okay, we're, we're still going to incorporate loving on our muscles, focusing there, but we're not going to just like only say, Hey, you have to do Pilates or yoga at this time. Exactly. Like we can still do it. We're just not going to like, you know, balls to the wall. I like right. that. Okay. And then okay. We also have, 
we have options with all of our tracks. We have the option to do it with or without cardio, meaning we've got these two short, 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 15 minutes, um, cardio classes, one's low impact on Mondays, one's higher impact on Wednesdays. So you could be kind of cognizant aware during your follicular phase where you're feeling really good. Like you're feeling this week, that might be a time where you add in the cardio. If your joints are feeling good, if you're not having a crazy stressful time at work and you're in that follicular follicular phase, all those things, then, okay, maybe that's the time where I can dial up and add that little optional cardio class in. And then when you're in different phases, okay, maybe that's the time where I'm not adding in the 15 minute hit optional cardio class. I'm just going, you know, staying consistent with my daily walks. So Mm -hmm. being able to ebb and flow with the things that we have as optional additions, like the little cardio classes or adding in more of that. We've got, you know, lots of flows and mobility. You could add in more of that on in the days where you're in more of that PMSing time, that luteal phase and adding in some more of that, or maybe even you change out the tracks that you're doing. So going three times a week um, on the, in that luteal phase where you have those two extra recovery days and during, during that time, and then you do the five days a week for your, your other weeks. So finding a way to still maintain that gentle consistency, but honoring where you are in your cycle and how you feel in your individual cycle, not what someone else or some expert or what I'm telling you to do, you know, it's <laughs> all about getting curious and finding out what works for your body and your own cycle. 100%. I always tell people the first step is just getting curious. You know, just, just, just look out and be like, okay, here's some things that are going on. Let's try some things, see how it feels. And then bring in that. I want you guys to talk a little bit more about that self assessment piece because obviously I, I swing very intuitive. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to, trying to awaken that and everyone else. And, yes. and it starts with, checking in with ourselves. So if you guys have any tips for some people that are coming into, you know, wanting to just see what feels good, if there's any checkpoints or just any advice you could give them. Yeah. I think one of the first things I recommend everyone doing that we've all gotten in the habit of doing is before you check your technology to um, tell your, like your fitness watch or your aura ring or whatever you're using to give you insight into how you feel check yourself first because mm-hmm. a lot of times like Peyton and I talk about this all the time like she hasn't she uses an aura ring I dished my fitness watch years ago because that jacked with me um but before you check like how did I sleep how did I like what are my rec- what's my recoverability like what how does your body feel like how mm-hmm. are you feeling because a lot of times that technology it, technology can be amazing but it's not always perfectly accurate um, cause if your aura ring told you like, oh, you had a great restful night of sleep, like go do your hardest workout today, but you wake up and you're feeling like booty, like that's going to be clashing. So right. we always say, check in with yourself before you check your technology. And sometimes it'll match. And sometimes you're like, okay, cool. I got like extra justification that I'm on the right track. Um, but some of those check-ins that we recommend are one thing that, that, um, that I do myself is like, am I able to even take a deep breath right now? Mm. Or am I like, so like into myself because I'm like stressed and tight and tense. Am I able to actually wake up in the morning and take a deep breath? Mm. A lot of times your ability to breathe deep will be a reflection of of how your nervous system is presenting that day. Um, So if you're like, I can't even take a deep breath. I can only breathe in for like three seconds and breathe out for three seconds. Maybe that's an indication that like, okay, I maybe like going to do my hardest workout of the day, like isn't what I need. 
Um, another thing that I think of is just like moving your body around a little bit, like getting up in the morning, walking around and seeing how you're physically feeling like, are my muscles sore? What is, are there joints that are kind of talking to me today? Um, that can dictate like, you know, whether or not you want to go get hit it hard or is my body feeling really fresh? Like, are my muscles feeling fresh? Am I feeling like I can breathe deep? I feel alert. Um, maybe that might be a day that you hit it hard. Um, I think what happens for people burnout comes when you are just resisting how you're feeling over and over and over and over. That's the state that I went through is like, I would just white knuckle through if I was exhausted or tired, I would just white knuckle through and go do my workout anyways. If I was sore, if my body was hurting, I would white knuckle through and go do my workout anyways. And that compounds to create very serious burnout, not only mentally, but physically, hormonally. So I, I think like those are some things to really start to pay attention to. Peyton, did I miss anything? No, I think I think that's great. Like we're very big into it first thing in the morning, especially every day. And then a lot of times, you know, depending on when you're doing your workout in the day, we we incorporate that piece. So it kind of almost, for lack of a better word, forces people to do it, forces our members to do it for themselves at the beginning of the workout. We are always talking and educating about not skipping the warm up and not skipping the cool down. So with the warm up, it being one of the main reasons being those assessment breaths, we probably get in at least five assessment breaths where Shannon and I, or whoever is teaching is kind of talking through, you know, Hey, it's especially on Mondays. Mondays are like Mondays, the ultimate. So Shannon's (laughs) always very specific about saying like, this is Monday. We're not showing up. You know, we're taking this time to breathe and assess. We're not showing up saying, what did I eat this weekend? I'm going to quote unquote, burn it off. Like take that out of your vocabulary specifically, give yourself the space to see, okay, did I have, you know, maybe a, a, a few more drinks or whatever it is on the weekend or played around with your food a little bit more, whatever it is. How am I, how's that affecting how I feel today? Is it making me feel, maybe it's making me feel better. Maybe I ate, I ate more. So it's giving me this, you know, surge of power and excitement on this day, you know, whatever day it is, or maybe I'm feeling a little, a little sluggish, but I'm not here to punish myself. I'm here to show up, to build myself up. And I'm going to give myself these assessment breaths to really check in with how I am feeling and not what someone else is telling me that I should feel. And then from a cool down perspective, we also in the class, we do, you know, gentle mobility, which is important, but really the cool down is all about bringing the nervous system back down. So we intentionally ramp up with the classes and then, you know, in a, in a, just as all exercise does, you're going to get some level of spike, but then after bringing it back to that breath work, really increasing those exhales to tap more into the parasympathetic nervous system so that you're not stepping off of your mat, just in this heightened state. And going back into your into your life where you're probably dealing with a lot of stresses. We most modern people are dealing with a lot in their day-to-day. So making sure that we give people both the space to step onto their mats and assess, as well as to send them off in a better space and a better headspace is really important to us and to what we feel like makes for a more sustainable routine that people can show up to and honor and respect their bodies within. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys fantastic information. I'm so, I'm like already excited for this podcast to be live. I'm like, I wish everyone, we were live streaming right now. (laughs) Um, Well, and I want to talk a little bit about that too, because I've recently, I'm new to the nervous system regulation um, 
well, I would say within the past few months, because I felt when I, I intuitively, I could tell like I was even in times when I normally would feel, you know, I'll be in meditation or trying to relax. I was like, my body was like, I was kind of shaky. Like I couldn't really drink caffeine like I used to. Like I knew that my nervous system was in a state of dysregulation without even someone telling me the vocabulary. I just started feeling it. I was like, okay. And so I started talking to my therapist about it. And she was like, okay, first of all, Anna Grace, you've moved. You're going a million miles an hour. I'm not shocked. You have a lot going on. Yeah. We had so much at once. It was like, yeah. Yeah. And and now I'm kind of like trying to settle. And I'm like, this is so unusual because I could tell I was in a bit of a dysregulatory state. So I've kind of been talking about some of the cold plunges and things that my therapist recommended on here. So it's not the first time I've discussed it, but I would love to hear you guys talk a little bit about the nervous system and just how that comes into play and how we can just be more aware of what's going on there. Cause I don't think enough people are in tune with that whole situation. Peyton does a really good job of explaining this. I feel cause she's a meditation teacher and Oh my gosh, Anna Grace, you've got to try your meditate. I'll send you some. There's Please. so good. I would love Meditation that. by Evlo is a free podcast and Peyton. I'm not, I'm not just like trying to gas her up is the best meditation teacher. And they're completely free meditations by Evlo. They're like 10 minute meditation. That's free. Um, so search it on podcast. It's so good. But anyways, she does a really good job of explaining. Peyton, you give me like um, shaman energy, like in a past life. Like you give oh me like God. medicine woman energy. Yeah, you really 100%. do. 100%. Doesn't she? She's an old soul. She's an you old soul. You are. Like you give me like, I'm like, you're a shaman at some point. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. That is the best compliment I've ever received. It makes me want to cry. Uh, but no, we are very big on the nervous system. And yeah, tell us everything. Yeah. So I, I... I just love that you are going through this journey for yourself and then sharing it with your audience. You have, I feel like you're just going to have such a huge impact on so many people. So thank you. Yeah. So I, you know, similarly with PT school is a very stressful time. Um, you learn a lot, um, in it. And so I kind of went through my own personal journey as well and got deeper and deeper into, into meditation and one of my goals and what you mentioned earlier is you like to bridge the gap here at AG University between people who are like so not woo yes. and people who maybe are, you know, getting, just getting curious, the, just yes. curious. Yes. So that, you know, meditating and nervous system regulation was not something that I grew up being really familiar with either. And one of my goals and one of our goals together at, at Evlo is to make it more accessible for people. Mm-hmm. So our our meditations that we do on the platform and then you know provide on the free platform on podcasts um, are we make them all 10 minutes so mm-hmm. that people so that it's a much more accessible time period for people who are are newer to meditation. So step one kind of maybe incorporating one if you can meditation a week. Adding adding in some sort of guided work one time a week is a really great place to start. Or if even that feels daunting, focusing just on breath every day. Mm-hmm. So taking intentional breaths, like whether you're, you know, if obviously if you're an Evelyn member, we incorporate all of it into the programming itself. But if you're not, something free and easy for everyone to do. Focusing on their breath in the morning, letting themselves start the day in a really healthy place and a good place. And then same at night. And one of the ways, the the key with your breath 
is to, like I mentioned earlier, elongate that exhale. So that is, that's our way that we can tap into that parasympathetic state. Um, cause if you, if you're running around in your day to day and you're noticing, like you'll both mention that you're not able to take those deep breaths, that's a sign. Okay. That's exactly what you need. So focusing on that exhale space specifically is really important. And then in a more global sense, changing the way that exercise fits into your life is really big for nervous system regulation. So Shannon mentioned it earlier, but you know, when we've got these programs or what what we're doing that are just like, go, go, go all the time. And on top of an already go, go, go world, it's a recipe for nervous system flare outs and disaster sounds like an intense word, but kind of (laughs) disaster. And, And so removing, instead of trying to add, you know, just breath work or meditation on top of that, which I I don't think that's going to be enough to take someone out of a place of, of dysregulation. If they're Mm -hmm. going, going all the time, you can't just breathe your way out of it. Unfortunately, you've really got to look into your programming and into your routine and say, okay, what can I take away? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that, and that might even be your first step before you even worry about breathing or anything else. And, and stepping back and saying, okay, what, how can I, how can I take out some things so that I can settle into my routine so that it's not flaring me up? And then I can add in these things like breathing, cold plunging, different, you know, you're in a great place where you're able to add these different modalities. Mm-hmm. But first step for a lot of people often is, okay, I need to transform the way that I, I want exercise to be um, like fit into my life naturally, not be what my whole life is revolved around. I always use the analogy of like, you step on a splinter and instead of just taking the splinter out and your foot healing and feeling better, you rub ointment on it. You put a bandaid on it. You like massage it and it like might temporarily feel better, but the splinter is going to continue to hurt your foot unless you just take it out. So we use that a lot with like the exercise analogy. It's like, yeah, you could exercise a ton and like add in meditation and add in like foam rolling and you might temporarily feel better. But until you take out the thing that is overstressing your body, it's ultimately just going to be a band-aid effect. So that's why we're always like, more isn't better. More intensity isn't better. It's all about like dosing appropriately for your body and like taking it out if you're like, okay, this just is not working with me anymore. Mm, oh, I love that. Yeah, I I kind of recently did um, like a year in review episode, basically doing like an autopsy of your whole life. So I'm curious if you guys think that if, well, one, if what are some symptoms of nervous system dysregulation? If someone's like, ooh, that could be me. Maybe if you have a couple symptoms or just things you're like, hmm, maybe we just slow it down a little. Um, but also if you think that it's most connected to movement and exercise, or if it's other things like mental or relationships, you know, I know exercise is a big piece of it, but I'm just curious if you think that there, could it be like several factors or is exercise one of the first things to look at? I personally think there's, you, we're all a big picture, we're all a big puzzle and every little piece is important. I am under the philosophy that it all starts with your mind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are using exercise as a buffer, like to not feel something or a buffer to like help them with pain they're dealing with. And that helps them like work through something or not feel what's right in front of them. Um, so I 
truly do think that like working on your mind and that's something that I've had my own personal journey with over the last couple of years. A lot of times, like when you work on like everything up there, everything else in your life kind of settles into place and balances out. So I personally think that like, if you're struggling with um, dysregulated nervous system, where you feel like you might be like getting some mental health therapy and sorting through your mind and managing your mind to me is like the most important thing to do. And I know like, listen, I teach fitness and we can talk about fitness, but that is truly what I believe. And I do think that the fitness will tend to fall into place once you get that sorted out. Um, but some, some symptoms that might indicate that maybe that's something you need to look into for yourself is, um, as far as fitness, like if you're not recovering, like if you feel like you're not doing, you know, you're not over exercising, but you're not recovering, you're not actually building muscle, you're not progressing, you feel that soreness, that tightness all the time, that's your body in fight or flight. Um, because the sympathetic side of your nervous system, that high stress side of your nervous system is the run, fight, flight, get out of there versus your parasympathetic is where you rest, digest and heal. That's where your body is um, healing any inflammation, healing any uh, injury, any sickness, anything, because exercise does cause like little injuries, little micro damage to your to your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not recovering, if you're always getting sick, that was one that I dealt with a lot. Like I had, yeah. I had a cold like every mm-hmm. single week. Like I was constantly sick. If you're not healing from getting sick, um, all of those are indications that like, okay, your body is maybe dysregulated a little mm-hmm. bit. And to me, I think one of the first steps is like, yeah, you can remove some things like remove your stressful exercise and you're probably going to feel better. But I do really encourage everyone to go get some mental health, something mm-hmm. um, to help them manage manage their mind. Peyton, what do you think? I know. I think so too. A, a symptom that I would add in is like skittishness, um, like being like super jumpy or you know, like, <laughs> that's even more, like I... I have definitely been in places where I've been, you know, dealing with all kinds of different stress. And I'm, I mean, I'm still skittish. Let's be real. (laughs) I am that person that just like jumps at every, at a lot of things, but you know, knowing, knowing the difference between it's just like, if that's your natural state, or if you're in a heightened sense of like being hyper aware or like being really affected by external stimuli, um, that could be something as well. But I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, Shannon, both, she and I are both very big advocates of mental. I'm like the biggest therapy proponent ever. I love it. I Mm. was the type that like thought everything was perfect in my life until I like did therapy. I'm like, Whoa, there's so many things to unpack that I didn't (laughs) realize. Um, and it's made a lot of difference in my life and the way that I process things. And then therefore the way that like stress shows up in my life. Um, so yeah, definitely a fan of removing stuff, but like, we're also always going to deal with stress. You can't remove every stress from your life. So having, having tools from whatever type of mental, mental health, um, avenue you prefer to go down, I'm definitely a big advocate of as well. Well, and I, I love that advice too. Instead of just telling people like, oh, add in meditation, do these things. Right, it's like, right. well, shit, man, I'm already doing the 95 right. things. I've got kids. I've got all this stuff. Now I need to add in a meditation practice. Now I'm more stressed out. So exactly. I, I like that, you know, maybe we'll all just take this as a moment to do like a, like a head to toe scan and be like, okay, what is really stressing? What is it, where does actually a stressor right now? Because 
we usually know, you know, we know, but especially as females, we're like, we're just going to hold on tighter. <laughs> like, right. yes. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> um, and so, cause I think for me, uh, the nervous system, it, it's, it's being very overstimulated. And I, I, I think that maybe it has a bit to do with the in- intuitive abilities that I have where I can, I'm kind of like feeling a lot of energy, whereas maybe people aren't. And so sometimes for me, it's, it's a little overwhelming because I'll get into a crowded place and I'm like, Oh my God, there's so many things happening. <laughs> um, whereas some people might feel completely cool as a cucumber. Austin, that man is grounded. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, just being aware of how we feel in certain situations, being aware of stressors and maybe starting there and just one, the awareness piece, right? That's why I love to even talk about it on this podcast because most people might not even know. I didn't know until recently. Um, And then two, you know what? Can we just kind of scale back a little before we go into, okay, I'll add in five more practices in a cold plunge. Yes. Amen. I like like that perspective. (laughs) Over here at AG University, we're just like, we're just slow. We're in our feminine energy. We're just like, we're healing. I always tell everyone the body's naturally healing. We've just got to allow it. It's it's natural state yes. is healing. We've just got to oh, like, say that all the time. You have to give it the space. We have to give it the space to heal. It really is like literally last night, I say this all the time and Austin, now he's so used to my teaching and like me talking about things. My skin has been breaking out. So um, just recently, this I think it's just also to getting the IED out and just a lot of other factors. I'm kind of just oh, yeah. going through that. Beep, boop, I, went, recal- I went through that too. You're not alone. Recalibration because yeah. I never have skin issues. And he's like wearing a bad boot. And I was like, oh, my skin's so broken out and I never have bad skin. And, like, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, he, we got in bed. He's like, remember, your body's always healing. I'm like, this man's using my own teaching on me right now. Oh my God. <laughs> but he's but like, it's just- so true. It's so true. Like I, one of the questions we get all the time is like, what are your favorite recovery tools? And I'm like, your own immune system. Your own immune system is your best recovery tool. Like, are you kidding? Really? It is magical. Like, you, we don't need all these foam rollers. And I, I mean, like, use your own body. Give your body the space to do its thing. And like, it is incredible. But we're, we we don't like to do that. We're like, no, I need to I need to be in control. I need to solve this issue. I yeah. need to do more, more, more. And it's like, once you finally get the proof, this is the, this is the most magic for me. When I finally had the proof that like I can do less in my workouts and see better results and feel better. I was like, Oh, whoa, I am never going back. Yeah. But sometimes it takes like a second for people to like lean into that. And it takes like a little bit of a leap of faith. Cause they're like, Oh, I've been doing it this way for so long. I've been like killing myself for so long. I'm scared to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, sometimes you just have to kind of take that leap of faith because then once you do, and you find out like, Oh, this can be just as effective, if not more effective. You will never go back to torturing yourself and you'll have so much more open space and energy in your life. It's truly amazing. And well, that was one of the big things that came up for me a lot in my, when I was practicing as a physical therapist, I feel like my, like, I, I I also think I did a good job on the physical side of things, but one of my biggest tools was like, I feel like I allowed people to see in themselves that they had the power to heal. It gave them that reminder and that cue that like you, it's not me that's doing this. Like you, your body is literally magical and we can give it as long as we give it the right space and, and the right time. Cause time is another thing. You know, we, we want everything now and I get it for sure. But when we give ourselves like the space and then also that belief that like I can heal and I am powerful and I can X, Y, and Z, I think it makes all the difference in the world. 
Oh, totally. And I, that's another uh, kind of practice I've been doing when I'm going through, you know, sickness or breakouts or whatever. I literally will start just telling myself that like my body is always healing. Like I always say, like, I allow my body to release what it needs to release, like starting to implement that mind piece. And even when I'm doing like a workout, kind of, you guys do lots of like compound movements and it's your workouts on social media and everything that you've been sharing. It's not like, so it feels I want to say the word regulatory. I know we've been saying that a lot, but it just feels very grounded. You know, it doesn't feel chaotic. (laughs) That's like, no, simple, simple simple movements, simple. Like this is the muscle we're targeting. Go like very simple ground. Yeah. Grounded is a good word because we literally use the ground a lot to like, and the wall and like literally a wall Because with traditional compound moves, like, you know, squats with overhead presses and, and all that stuff. Like you're not very grounded. You're, you're have a lot of moving parts. We really try and stabilize as much as possible and do what's called, you know, traditionally more targeted lifts. Well, we're literally like a lot, our lunges, we look like wackadoodles sometimes doing our stuff. Cause it's like, we got a hand on a wall. We got a hand on a chair. We got a hand on a door frame. We got a leg here, it's like, <laughs> you know, making sure you're stable in every space so that the muscle that you're trying to work or whatever you're trying to do, like it can actually do its thing. Yeah. But I love that because the movements do feel and look very grounding, which is literally what our nervous system wants. Like the best thing you can do is physically stand outside with your feet in the grass grounding. But what if we made our movements reflect that grounding energy as well, instead of jumping up and down and like being all over the place and we're we're just... Exactly. It's you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't make your nervous system feel safe when you are flinging around and you've got a lot of moving parts. And when your nervous system doesn't feel safe, it doesn't operate at its best. Um, Because it's number one priority is to keep you from injuring yourself. Yeah. But when you can give it those cues, hey, I'm safe. I've got a wall here. I'm not going to fall over. I've got um, my foot firmly into the ground. I'm not going to topple to the side. Your body's like, oh, cool. Now I can like do what you're actually asking me to do at a really high level. Um, so people think that people have the opposite opinion, though, not to derail this conversation too much, but people have the opposite opinion where it's like, if I'm doing more in my movements, then that's more effective. But it's actually the reverse. It's actually like, okay, less is more because when your nervous system feels safe, it'll produce better outputs. I have to, I have to touch on this. Um, the safe, safe has been my just safety is our foundation, right? Like yeah. that, that's where everyone needs to start. If you are transitioning from any type of disordered workout, eating anything, it's like all of a sudden we've got to feel safe because a lot of times, and I know you guys are doctors, so I'll say the woo woo stuff. Cause you're like, I, I don't know if I can speak to that, but I, this is how I, I read it energetically. Yeah, um, please do. I'm interested. I'll, our bodies will literally carry weight as a physical barrier or a way to protect us when we're not feeling safe. So that's why sometimes if we're in a toxic relationship, our bodies will literally start to gain weight to create distance from the person to us. Or even if we're eating something that our body doesn't want, like that's why I literally will bloat. The body's trying to extend away from the organ. Like our body is always trying to protect us from even the energetics or the spiritual side of weight gain. There's some level that we, I don't feel safe right now. I don't feel safe. This weight is on me. And and, and that's another way I always tell people, like if you've gained weight, be so kind to your body because it's doing what it's trying to do. It's protecting you because on some level, you're not, you don't feel safe. And and so your body's like, okay, we want to make her feel safe. We're going to add this little protection, right? Which sometimes could show up as weight gain. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, we've got to get back to, okay, like I'll say that. I'm like, okay, maybe I've gained some weight, but I'm also running around like a Yahoo with my chicken, uh, whatever, head, whatever, yeah. you know, I'm chicken with my head cut off. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I can't ever nail a cliche on this podcast. I, I always get close. <laughs> um, but, but I'm like, well, of course, because by the time I sit down to eat a meal, I'm stressed out. I'm not, you know, right. that nervous, and we've got to feel safe. And so I love that your movements reflect that just safe. We're in, we're, we're in the body. We're here. We're present. Cause that's so important. And a lot of people just blast through it. Did yeah, that make sense? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it made so much sense that I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like, really beautiful. it's beautiful. And it's also like, isn't that Maslow's hierarchy of needs? The very bottom one is safety. Yes. I, I fully believe that that is so true. Mm-hmm. And if we're like, and a lot of times, like we don't feel safe. I wonder like how self-image fits into that. Like if you're like, I'm not safe in my community because I don't have this self-image that fits into this like mold or whatever. And so that almost is like a symptom of you not feeling safe. And I don't know, I think it all kind of plays together, self-image and safety and all that. Oh yeah. Well, because, well, first it's like, we've got to be safe in our body. That's that acceptance piece. You know, we've got to feel safe in our own body and accept ourselves in order for us to, cause it's, that's really a lot of what manifestation, all these things are about. It's, it's all coming from our self-worth. It's not always so much being in a high vibe, feeling good. Yes. Those things are great, but like, we're going to have totally shit days, you know, where it's not. Yeah. But at, at our core, I always tell people, they have no idea where to start. Start with literally ask yourself out loud, do I feel safe in my body? Yeah. Do I feel safe right now? Do I feel safe in my home? Do I feel safe? And a lot of times people will be like, no, like, do I look, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, like, do I feel safe in my body? Wow. And, and if your body is like, ah, I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Well then we're going to start there, you know, because totally. That totally. is our foundation for our, you know, our exercise practice, our food practice, because there's this level of, you know, we get nervous around food or nervous around exercise or we get all out of whack because there's that, that lack of safety there because we, yeah. we're dysregulated. And or- it's, it's almost like, you know how you hear from people who, and I've experienced this before, you get to a certain, you have like a goal side or a goal, like aesthetic and then you get there and then it's not enough. It's like, oh, wait, this didn't solve what I thought. Like this didn't all of a sudden make me happy. Like what the heck? And it's like, maybe it's because you're reaching for that goal out because you're thinking that it's going to solve your self-worth issues or you're going to solve, it's going to solve you feeling unsafe or it's like, oh, well, maybe if I just like worked on feeling safe and worked on my self-worth before I took any other kind of action, mm-hmm. like maybe that would, number one, my goals would fall into place easier. And number two, I would actually be satisfied when I got there. 100%. Like, yes, you just, yes, you said that so beautifully. I I don't even have anything to add. It is, it is. It's really focusing on what is it that we want? Like if, if I'm this goal weight, what do I actually want? Right? Do I want to feel more confident? Like, what is it? And and you really have to start training your mind to experience those emotions now. Now. Because if not, you're just going to keep chasing, 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 chasing. It's like, wait, I can, I can show up and be confident now. I, I, I have another, th- my other theory and then I'll, I'll let you guys go. I could share it all. Share I could it talk, all. I could talk to you forever, but I do have this theory. I'm going to do a full podcast breakdown, but I recently, like whenever I work out, I always, I always used to wear like a sweatshirt or like a big t-shirt or like, 
I was always in like a graphic tee and like hoodie and all the things. And I, I, I think that I was afraid that I was gonna like pick myself apart. If I went to the gym wearing something like really tight, you know, there was like a little bit of that like fear, but I started going, I would always be like, okay, well, I'm going to wear like a two piece set when I like have abs or something like dumb, like just what? Yeah. And I, my theory is that it wasn't until I started wearing the cute sets that my body felt safe, right? Because I, I, I am, I am every day I show up at the gym in a hoodie, a sweatsuit, not showing any skin, nothing. Right. I am telling my body, I don't feel safe to show you to the world, right? There was some level yeah. of kind of cloaking or hiding. And, and that's kind of how the body holds onto weight in the same way. But then when I just decided one day, fuck it, I don't care. I'm a normal sized person and I don't torture myself and I'm happy and I'm here. I'm going to wear the cute set because I want to wear the cute set. So now every time I go to yoga or do anything, I wear a two piece set. And now it's just like, it's, I literally am like, oh my gosh, like I look great. Like I, nothing has really changed. I think just my energy around actually showing myself to the world has kind of allowed my body to release some of that, just like stress, inflammation, fear, you know, just settling in. Like, I really feel like how we dress, that's my theory. Like how we dress and show up in the gym is really reflective of the subconscious mind. Like, do I feel safe showing myself in this setting? Or am I afraid people are judging me? And no one's even really looking at you at the gym. Like, I'm like, no, it's fucking right. looking. No, <laughs> no one cares. No one, no one cares. cares. I like this. The whole time you were both talking, it kind of brought up something that we also say at the end of literally every single class, we always close it out with saying, especially you've done enough is the first thing that we say. Mm -hmm. And then number two, I often always add like, and you are enough exactly as you are right here right now. And you have to believe that you are already enough and that you've done enough in your day, in your workout, in whatever it is before you could go anywhere beyond. You have to like be, be in that space now, whether it's saying that to yourself, whether it's putting on the clothes that you want to wear because that's what you want to wear. You don't have to get to someplace before you accept that you are enough. Right. Like how silly is that, that we would wait, you know, like six months a year, if you're waiting till you get to the certain place to wear the outfit, to do the thing, you're going to wait for your whole damn life. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. And then you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, when I was 25, I looked so cute and I like hated my body and I like, I was killing it and I was doing great. Why didn't I just enjoy that time? Like, it's just such a shame. I know. I know. Like, I really, I I, th I thought about that recently. I was doing something and I'm like, I'm 29. This is my last year of my 20s. Like, I'm going to literally, like, I, the, I, <laughs> The other night, I'm sorry, I was just stuttering. I was laughing at myself. I'm like, I, 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 um, <laughs> I, 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 I did a photo shoot. I, 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 I did a photo shoot <laughs> with my friend, and it was like at the end of the day, we put on a like bikini, went to the beach, and took photos because there was a full moon out, and it looked really cool because like the sun was setting. And old me would have been like, I would have never taken photos at the end of a full day of eating because I didn't feel like you know my morning skinny or whatever. Yeah. But I went out there and took photos, and I was like, I look fucking great. Like, what am I doing? I've spent so much time worrying about it has to look a certain way. And I'm like, I'm 29. It's last year of my 20s. Like I'm going to take all the pictures in bathing suits because that's, that's you know, fleeting. Even though I I do, I always tell myself, I'm like, I'm only getting hotter, baby. 40s, I'm looking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and the sexiest thing when I see someone is when they are just confident. I yes. It almost like it does not matter what their body looks like. Like if they're confident and they're radiating that and they clearly have true, genuine self-love for themselves, 
to me, that is the sexiest thing. And it's mm. way easier said than done. Um, but I think that this conversation is really inspiring because it's like, we all struggle with that because the compare and despair is real. It is real like mm. on social media. I, I've kind of been struggling with it recently personally. Um, but like, yeah, like when you go out and you're like, okay, I'm like looking a little bloated than I did five hours ago. Cause I ate like a normal dinner, right. um, <laughs> but you're like, feel, but you're like feeling confident and you're feeling yourself. Like I guarantee you, you would have looked better in that picture than you had you know, or if you like just starved yourself and were starving and like felt like oh, right. about yourself. And, and like being hangry and mean. Yeah. yeah. I know that's, yeah. that was honestly, I would, my best advice too, for anyone listening, who's getting to, um, you know, just a place of, of self-acceptance. I went on Instagram and I found 10 people that I felt were similar to my size. Like, I, I don't want you to look at anyone that's, that's like, First of all, why would I follow someone that's like, you know, six, five, like a bean? I'm five, three, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, you know? Right. So follow someone who you feel has a similar body type to you, who has that confidence. And really like, I, I followed this one girl and I'm like, we have a similar figure. Like we both have double D's. Like, you know, we got some juicy going on, but she is so confident and she's so sexy. And I was obsessed with her and I'm like, I'm obsessed with her. I gotta be obsessed with me. Like we look yeah. Quite similar, you know? So it's like, I love that so much. Right. Like it kind of just, it kind of like gives you, you got to find some people that are rocking the same body as you and they're like confident and doing it. And then it, it's kind of gives you permission to do the same. You know, it's a little bit of an expander. That was something yes. that really helped me. <laughs> well, our brains are very evidence based. So when we see like, I, there is evidence that there's another person who looks similar to me that is confident and happy with herself and she feels like she has the self worth. Our brain is like, oh, there's evidence there. That means mm-hmm. I can maybe do that too. And yeah. I love that. I, I need to go through my social media. And yeah. Yeah. Like, just kind of like everyone, we're going to do a little assessment on who, who are we following, you know, because there are some people that I'm like, no matter what, if I lost 50 pounds and got plastic surgery, still wouldn't look like that. It's not for right. me. No, it's not. Like every time people meet me, they're like, I can tell you were a gymnast. Like I get that to the <laughs> forever. I, I haven't done gymnastics in years, but I just, I, I have that body type and that's my build. But I, now, now all the gymnast girlies are like popping off on TikTok and everyone like is obsessed with them. I'm yep. like, yes, I'm like thick thigh girlies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and they look incredible. And so I'm like, yeah, I, everyone's like, whenever they're like, you look like a gymnast. I'm like, yeah, I was a gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> more. But you know, like you've got to just like celebrate other people who, who are, you know, similar to you versus wasting our time and energy comparing ourselves to someone who we were just never even destined to look like and it doesn't even make sense it's like no silly. it's a waste of time yeah and it's it's so crazy that we even you know do that but not to dog anyone on social media everyone's beautiful but sometimes there are people that that it could trigger us and so it's like why why yeah. go there you yeah. know we don't yes. have to this is why like we're really like we're we really try to not market that like you're going to achieve these like long lean thin limbs like we don't we try not to say stuff like that because it's like for someone that just had carries more muscle mass in their legs or carries fat distribution different places in their body, totally normal, that would be false marketing for them. Right. And it's not oh, because then they do the program, they stick to it and they're consistent. And they're like, wait a second, I don't look like that model that was like do, leading my classes. Like, there must be something wrong with me. And it's like, no, it's just that that's just not your body and that's okay. And I think that like I would love to see more fitness leaders having more integrity with their marketing and leading with like, 
you're like, my body is going to look different than your body, even if we do the exact same program. And I don't think enough people are doing that. And I think it's a little predatory sometimes. So I think like having your eyes open about fitness programs too is important. Yeah. Well, I think that you guys do a beautiful approach on some of the big things like nervous system regulation, breath work, all yeah. of these things are our foundation, which like we said, it's like our hierarchy of needs. That's what we're, that's what we're, our foundation is. It's, it's difficult for us to even see results if we're in these heightened, elevated, dysregulated states. So yeah. that alone should be the marketing. I know, I know safety isn't as sexy as, you know, <laughs> skinny or whatever people want to hear, but I don't even care. I don't even care. I want to sell the truth and not like just some like fantasy. I think that's awesome. We should start like playing that, playing with that. We talk about a lot, like we want to attract and bring in the right people, like meaning right people, meaning the people that are ready for our message. Cause it is different. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. you're going to burn a million calories in our classes. It's not, you're going to look stick thin. It's not, you're going to do X, Y, and Z that's typical. And not everyone is in a space or a place where they're ready for that. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. We want to yeah. create this environment for people that are needing a healing space or have are in a space where they've over-exercised and they're tired of doing that. Like we want to attract and bring in the right people. And we're not going to do that by marketing and saying, do this and you'll look just like X, Y, and Z. It's like, you, you won't, that's, that's a fact with any program. You're not going to look like X, Y, and Z. So finding it's like, okay, no, we're just going to just keep, keep grinding and keep bringing in the people and trying to attract the people that are ready to, to take a different approach. Yes. And I, I think, I, well, that's why how we've all beautifully connected because we're all really trying to do the same thing, which is just awaken people that there are so many different ways this can look and so many different facets and being a woman and hormones and all of these other pieces that come into play that are so important, but they just get, everyone just wants to, you know, market a certain body type or a look where I, I love, I, I think you guys really do a great job. I, I've never felt um, any type of like image being pushed from your marketing. That's why I was so excited to have you guys on. I, I could tell Yay. there was a lot of intentionality mixed with, you know, some of that research and that data. Cause that, that's yeah. where I need, I, I'm all about the, like the spiritual energetic. Cause I see it and I understand it. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. But then people are like, how do you know about that? I'm like the Akashic records. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I need to, I need to, like, my podcast. <laughs> I'm like, it's honestly hard. It's, it's deep. It's a lot to explain. <laughs> so tell everyone, um, just yeah. Pimp, pimp everybody out, get it socials, all the information, lay it on us. Okay. I'll start. If you, like the sciencey stuff, Fit Body Happy Joints is my podcast. I try to do really concise episodes about certain topics. So if you want to learn more, Fit Body Happy Joints. Um, and then I, my Instagram is Dr. Shannon DPT. Evlo Fitness is our website. We'll make a code for your listeners. They can try it for a month. Okay. So if you go to evlofitness.com and type in AG University, you can Yay! try it for a month. Thank you guys. I I want everyone to try all the things here at AGU. Okay, good. Thank good. you guys. And then I mine's mine's like very little in comparison, but I just started on TikTok at Peyton.busker. Um, and then like Shannon mentioned earlier, on Spotify and Apple Podcast, Meditations X Evlo is our free meditations podcast. Yeah. Oh wow. I can't wait to check out all the things. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the AGU month. I'm gonna be listening to your meditations, follow you on TikTok, all the things. Yay. Um, you guys, this was I'm this was incredible. I'm so excited for this episode to come out. I want to publish it right now. <laughs> Yay! Oh my gosh, we love you. This is so fun. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, I love you guys. 
as always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.